Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Welcome to Believe in Ohio State. Very eager to have you with me this week because we've got a lot to unpack, don't we? Ohio State had its game last week against the Illinois Fighting Illini canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak within the program. So much news came out in such a short span of time last week. First, Ohio State head coach Ryan Day um, tested positive for COVID-19. Then it was revealed that a number of players on the team had it. They were trying to quarantine. They were trying to get the game in. It looked like Ohio State was going to go underneath the threshold and be able to play the game against Illinois. They changed travel around. They were going to travel to Illinois the day of. But all for naught as it came out, what was it, late Thanksgiving night that Ohio State, or maybe late Friday night, I can't remember now, but regardless, it came out that Ohio State would cancel its game against Illinois. They would not have the opportunity to defend the Yellow Buck Trophy. The Buckeyes miss out on another game, and that means that if they miss one more game this season, they will not be eligible to compete in the Big Ten Championship. And a lot of people believe that if they don't do that, They are not going to make it into the college football playoff. So, indeed, we do have a lot to discuss. I'm going to tell you what I think about all that, what I think about the Buckeyes potentially missing out on the college football playoff. So we've got a lot to do. We've got that. We've got our NFL picks like we do every week, Buckeyes in the NFL. And, of course, I have to get you ready for Michigan State. We don't know if Ohio State-Michigan State is going to happen yet at this point. It looks like it will. The Buckeyes are now back at practice, but Ryan Day is uh, not with the team right now as he continues to recover. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But it looks like this game is going to happen right now. But as I've said before on this podcast, the year is 2020. You can't really make concrete plans in the year 2020. You have to be fluid. You have to be ready for anything. So, again, we have to be ready for this game to be canceled this week against Michigan State. And if that happens, Ohio State will not be eligible to compete in the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. 
But before we get into things, like I do every week, I've got to tell you all about Bet Online because Bet Online makes this show possible. We've got sports in full swing right now, and in particular, we've got football in full swing. The NFL season going on, college football going on, and while you might not be able to be at these games right now, you can still always be in on the action for these games at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team props, player props, coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You know that, I know that, Bet Online is the place to be. They also have their online casino that never closes. So when I give you these picks later in this episode, make sure to get them in at BetOnline. Have some fun, make a little bit of money while you're at it. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. A lot of free money out there. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So with Bet Online in mind, let's talk about uh, our picks for last week that were unable to happen. I'm talking about Ohio State and Illinois. So that game gets canceled last week, and it's kind of a storm after that because everybody's worried about Ohio State. Are they going to be able to play in the Big Ten Championship game? Are they going to make the college football playoff? Should the college football playoff committee let them in if they've only played five, six games this season? There's a lot going on right now, and frankly, it's not very good for Ohio State. But let's talk about what we do know. The game last week was canceled. Ohio State was preventative with the cancellation, but uh, they likely would have not been able to play that game due to the threshold being met anyway. I mean, COVID-19 hit late in the week. Ryan Day came down with it. That means a number of other players on the Buckeyes have it as well. What we don't know right now is who on the Ohio State team has it. For all we know, Justin Fields could have it, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Wyatt Davis. All these big players for Ohio State, they could have it. We're only, we're only really going to know when uh, everybody comes out on the field on Saturday and gets set to face off against Michigan State. That's when we're going to know. So there's a lot of unknowns this week going into the game against Michigan State. But going back to what happened last week, where, I mean, where should we really begin with this? We talked about it. I talked about it off the top of the show. The game gets canceled. A lot of questions arise. I mean, was the game prematurely canceled by Ohio State? The threshold had not been met. Yes, but it's a smart decision by Ohio State. They, they, they can't let it run rampant throughout the program. They can't risk uh, Illinois getting COVID-19 from them as well. So, I mean, the decision is the decision. You just have to deal with it no matter how you think about it. Was I upset? Yes, because I wanted to watch them play, and I wanted to see Ohio State improve after kind of a lackluster performance the week prior against Indiana, but I wasn't upset that they canceled it due to COVID-19. I mean, that's what this year is. You have to be prepared for all that to happen, and we have to be prepared this week for it to happen again, and that's where everybody's worries stem from. Ohio State had their game against um, Maryland canceled earlier this season due to COVID-19 in the Maryland program. Okay, so be it. That's one game down. You have a couple more opportunities. 
But with this game being canceled against Illinois, it really puts Ohio State up against it because they have to get these last two games in against Michigan State and against Michigan to have an opportunity to compete in the Big Ten Championship game. And the way that Ohio State sees it, because they really, really want to get these games in, the way that they see it is they have to win the Big Ten Championship to be taken seriously to get into the college football playoff. They don't want to leave it to the committee. They don't want to leave it to chance, which is what you would be doing if you're not playing in that Big Ten Championship game and if you're not winning the Big Ten title. You're leaving it up to chance if you're not doing that. So, I mean, Ohio State has to get these last two games in to have an opportunity, and I believe that. Ohio State has to play against Michigan State. They have to play against Michigan. They have to win a Big Ten title, and they need to do each of those three things relatively convincingly because they're going to put in an Ohio State or an undefeated Ohio State team with a Big Ten championship. But if Ohio State is undefeated and they've played six, seven games, and none of those wins have necessarily been convincing— Uh, They haven't really played elite teams this season. Indiana has been very good this season, but uh, I mean, obviously now they've lost Michael Penix Jr., so they're they're at risk for losing more games, for for looking worse, um, for lack of a better term, this season. So I mean, despite Ohio State beating Indiana, I don't think people are really impressed by that victory because it was a touchdown win against a team that's not usually one of the sexy picks in the Big Ten Conference. So Ohio State has to do all that it can, and all that it can do is try to get these last two games in and then try to get into the Big Ten title game and win that game. Because if they're able to do that, they look the best, they still have a pretty good chance of getting in to the college football playoff. Now, if that doesn't happen, I don't think Ohio State's going to get into the college football playoff. There have been so many strange things that have happened this college football season. The Big Ten delaying the start of the season, not creating flexibility with the scheduling, that really, really hurts now. And now that we can all see it, it's very obvious that it hurts, but it does nonetheless. So Ohio State is in a really, really tough situation. But because of everything that's happened and just a gut feeling, I'm not sure that the Buckeyes are going to get in this season. We're going to talk about it a little bit later with uh, Ohio State superfan Jacob Jarvis. His gut's telling him that Ohio State's not getting into the college football playoff this season. We're still early in the week here. Things could happen regarding this game against Michigan State. For all we know, Michigan State could have a COVID-19 outbreak within their program, and they're not going to be able to play in the game. And if that happens, Ohio State is really screwed. Ohio State is in a position that they're not going to be able to compete in the Big Ten title game. And like we're saying, if they don't play in the Big Ten title game, if they don't win that game, it's going to be very, very tough to make it into the college football playoff because of kind of the dynamics of the circumstance going on right now. There are a lot of good teams around college football this season. There are plenty of teams that are undefeated. There are teams with similar resumes as Ohio State. There are teams that are undefeated that have played some weaker competition, maybe Cincinnati, maybe BYU. So there's a lot of opportunity for teams like that to finally make it into the college football playoff. There's also opportunity for traditional powerhouses like Florida, like Texas A&M, who's having a good season, for schools like that to squeak in if they decide to leave Ohio State out of the college football playoff. So it's very, very interesting, and it might come down to the committee just kind of saying, you know, Ohio State doesn't have the resume this season, they don't have enough games played, 
And frankly, they've been in it the past couple of seasons. They haven't done anything in the college football playoff the past couple of tries that they've been in. We want to give somebody else a try, see what kind of audience that draws, and play it that way. So, I mean, Ohio State is in a very, very tough situation. They've they've done it right with COVID-19 this season. I mean, it's been very, very clear. They've been very transparent about it all, that they're... they're, they're policies have been in place, the way they've gone about things, their protocols. I mean, Ohio State has done everything they can do to try to keep COVID-19 out of the program. At least to to the average fan, to me watching, that's what it looks like. We don't know what happened, how COVID-19 got into the program this past week, but it's happening everywhere. You can't really blame anybody because it's happening everywhere right now. Even the most cautious people can still get COVID-19. So, I mean, I don't necessarily want to say it was bound to happen, but you can almost say that because that's just the way COVID-19 is going right now across the United States. So it's just tough timing more than anything for Ohio State to have it happening right now towards the end of the season when these games matter the most. But that's the scenario that's at hand. That's the reality that Ohio State has to deal with, and all that they can do is try to continue with their protocols, be as safe as possible, get these last two games in, and then hope that uh, they're able to play in the Big Ten title game, win that game, and then hope the committee has seen enough to put them into the college football playoffs. So a lot of unknowns right now, but uh, there is still plenty of hope there for Ohio State. So let's move on to some NFL talk before we get into the Ohio State and Michigan State game this coming week. That's going to do it for our Illinois talk, for our our kind of overview of what's going on in the Ohio State football program, where they stand in relation to the college football playoff. Let's take a break from that right now, and let's get into some NFL talk. Time for Buckeyes in the NFL. It was a big, big week for some former Ohio State football players now in the National Football League. And I want to lead off with Joey Bosa because, I mean, Joey Bosa is one of the premier talents in the National Football League, but I feel like I haven't yet talked about him on Buckeyes in the NFL this season outside of when he signed his big contract this offseason. So I'm very, very excited to talk about Joey Bosa because he had one of the greatest defensive days I have frankly ever heard of. Listen to these numbers from Joey Bosa for the Chargers. He had eight total tackles. Remember, he's not a linebacker. He's a a defensive end. Eight total tackles, six, six tackles for loss, a career-high three sacks, and a fumble recovery. I mean, those are massive numbers. Eight tackles for a defensive end is a great day. Six of them being tackles for loss. That is absurd. And then including three sacks, a career best day for Joey Bosa. And he adds a fumble recovery. So probably the best defensive day of Joey Bosa's young NFL career. Congratulations to him. Keep that up because that is just awesome to see. That is a dominant performance. Probably the dominant defensive performance in the National Football League this past weekend. So a big congratulations there to Joey Bosa. Keep it up. Now let's go over to the offensive side of the football. Terry McLaurin, we talk about this guy every single week. I think every single week I say we talk about this guy every single week, but how could we not talk about Terry McLaurin every single week? Because every single week he has 5, 10 catches, 90, 100 yards, and a touchdown for the Washington football team. Well, he didn't have the touchdown this week, but he did lead the Washington football team again with 7 catches for 92 yards in the football team's Thanksgiving victory over the Dallas Cowboys. So another huge day for Terry McLaurin. This guy is the real deal. 
He was drafted to be a secondary wide receiver, maybe a third wide receiver, plays some special teams. He is a bona fide number one in the National Football League. Tip of the cap to Terry McLaurin. What can't this guy do? He is going to be an amazing, amazing leader and captain for that team going forward. I know he already is right now, but uh, even more so when he becomes even more of a respected veteran in the National Football League. Uh, I love Terry McLaurin, and you should too. Now going back to the defensive side of the football, we haven't talked a lot about Draymond Jones this season, but the Broncos defensive lineman recorded a career-high nine tackles, including a tackle for loss uh, in that loss to the New Orleans Saints. A sticky situation there without a true quarterback for the Broncos, but it wasn't Draymond Jones' fault they lost that game. A career best day for him, nine tackles and a tackle for loss, so a tip of the cap there to former Ohio State defensive tackle Draymond Jones. Sticking with the defensive side of the football, Jordan Fuller. This guy was drafted to likely be a backup as well this year, a six-round pick of the Rams, but the rookie safety now has an interception in back-to-back weeks. Last week, he picked off Tom Brady. This week, another interception. So Jordan Fuller looks like he's going to be the real deal at safety for the Rams. I mean, one of the league's best defenses this season, a Super Bowl contender in the Rams, and I'm hoping that I get to see a lot more of Jordan Fuller in the playoffs this year because the bigger stage is going to be big for him. People are going to start to know that name and he's going to be start or he's going to start being regarded as one of the best safeties in the National Football League. That's at least what I think given what I know about Jordan Fuller. So that's all the good news for the Buckeyes in the NFL this week. We have one piece of bad news. And that's about Texans cornerback Bradley Roby. He's been arguably the Texans best defensive back this season, but he tested positive for a banned substance league banned substance, a performance enhancer it looks like, and he has been suspended for six games. That's the remainder of the season. So unfortunately, Bradley Roby's year is done. It's going to cost him a good amount of money as well. So uh, a big one there for Bradley Roby. That hurts, but you can't be cheating. He tests positive for a banned substance, and he's going to miss the rest of the season due to suspension. So that does it for Buckeyes in the NFL. Now let's get into my NFL picks. We had a big slate last week, nine picks overall. Wasn't a great week for me. We didn't quite break even. I was 3-5-1. We pushed Monday Night Football. Now my record on the season stands back at one game over 500, 40-39 overall. Let's go over those picks very quickly before I give you my picks for this coming week in the National Football League. If you haven't done this with us before, every single week we pick the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts because each of those teams boasts the most Buckeyes, or most former Buckeyes, I should say, in the National Football League. Then just for fun every week, I add on Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, so we pick those games too. So let's go over the slate last week. We had two Thanksgiving games. First, it was the Texans and the Lions. That was easy money. I liked the Texans minus two and a half in that game. I thought the Texans were a much better team than the Lions, and that proved to be correct in the game. The Texans blow out Detroit. They cover two and a half, so we started off 1-0. Then the 425 game on Thanksgiving. I liked the Cowboys minus three against Washington. I thought they had started to put something together. I thought Andy Dalton looked comfortable. They were coming off of a relatively big win the week prior. But all for naught, the Cowboys looked awful again on Thanksgiving. Washington wins that game. The Cowboys do not cover the three points, and therefore we lose the bet and start it off 1-1. One and one. 
Then moving to Sunday, the Raiders and the Falcons. I thought the Raiders were going to dominate Atlanta. It turns out Atlanta did the exact opposite. They dominated the Raiders. The Raiders don't cover their three points. We lose that bet. We're one and two. Also, Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Giants and the Bengals. I thought the Giants were going to win that game big just because the Bengals are a dumpster fire right now with all their injuries. But uh, it looked like the Giants were going to cover that game. The Bengals score late. The Giants do not cover. So, therefore, we are 1-3. and three. Game number five, the Titans and the Colts. This was a dumb pick by me. It was a dumb pick because the Colts beat the Titans earlier in the season. We hit that bet. But they're two good teams. And two good teams usually don't sweep the other one uh, in their season series. They usually split. And that's exactly what happened. I liked the Colts to cover three and a half points. It was a dumb dumb pick by me, a dumb bet. The Titans win that game, the Colts don't cover, so we started off 1-4. and four. I should have realized that. I was convinced. I was drunk off of the Colts' victory over the Titans prior this season. I thought the Colts were going to be even better. I feel like they're starting to come together well on offense, in addition to having a great defense. But they were without one of their best defensive linemen, DeForest Buckner, in that game. They get run through by Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, so we lose the bet, and we're 1-4. and four. Then we picked up a little bit of steam. Looked like we were going to salvage the weekend. Panthers and the Vikings, I liked the Panthers to cover. It looked like they were going to win that game outright until the Vikings came back at the very, very end. The Panthers still cover the 4.5 points, so we hit that bet. I love the Panthers this season. I feel like the Panthers are making us a lot of money if you've been betting on them. Feels like they cover every single week. I love picking the Panthers this year. They deliver again on Sunday, so we moved to 2-4. and four. Then, one of the late games Sunday at 4.05, the Saints and the Broncos. I liked the Saints minus 5.5. I made that pick before the Broncos quarterback situation. Turned out that they didn't have a real quarterback playing that game. They had a wide receiver turned quarterback, or turned quarterback Kendall Hinton. Eh, that didn't work out. The Saints won that game big. They hit us the bet, so we moved to 3-4. and four. Then it was Sunday night football. The Bears and the Packers. The team that tortures me every single week. My Chicago Bears. Just had to put us on national television again. Against our arch rival. I could have told you exactly what was going to happen that game because it's what happens every single week when I watch the Chicago Bears. Their offense struggles. Their defense is very good. Well, their defense wasn't very good against the Packers. And their offense wasn't very good. So the defense failed us on Sunday Night Football. The Bears did not cover the 7.5 points like I thought they would. I thought they were going to lose that game, but I thought they were going to cover because while they have a lot of losses this season, they've lost five consecutive games, they've kept it close. While they didn't keep it close against the Packers, we lose that bet. So we are, what, 3-5 and five overall heading into Monday Night Football. Now, Monday Night Football... I liked the Seahawks minus six. Vegas is very good. They set the lines. They like the Seahawks minus six. Well, they won 23-17, so we push. The Seahawks win by six, so we push that bet. We finish the week 3-5-1, and one, and overall this season, we are 40-39-1. and one. So that does it for our overview of last week's picks. Wasn't our best, but also wasn't our worst. So let's hope for a little bit better this week. In this week, oddly enough, I like a lot of favorites. I think this is going to be a favorite heavy week in the National Football League. Let's start things off. Pick number one, the Lions at the Bears. My pick is the Bears minus three and a half. 
Now, I know what you're going to say, Dylan. It's the Bears. Don't do this to yourself. Every week, you believe in the Bears. Well, I believe even less in the Lions. Now, even though the Bears lost last week, I thought their offense was able to move the ball a little bit better than it had with Nick Foles. Mitch Trubisky turned the ball over plenty in that game, and it cost the Bears, but they still moved the ball, and they still scored more than they have all season long. Now, the Bears beat the Lions early in the season. Mitch Trubisky started that game. Now, assuming Mitch Trubisky starts this game against the Lions, I'm going to have the Bears, and I like them covering three and a half points at home. I think the Lions are that bad. They're that dysfunctional. They just fired their GM. They just fired their coach. So I like the Bears, minus three and a half. That's pick number one. Now, pick number two, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Saints at the Falcons. My pick is the Saints, minus three, even without Drew Brees. It's the Saints. It's the Falcons. I think there's something there. The Saints... They're, they're starting to move the football. They're starting to look pretty darn good. The Saints are starting to look good. They were a little bit dysfunctional early in the season, but they're picking up steam. Their defense has really come on strong. And the Falcons, on the other hand, outside of what they did last week against the Raiders, their, their offense, despite having a lot of weapons, hasn't been very good. So my pick is the Saints minus three. Pick number three, the Colts at the Texans Sunday at 1 Eastern. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. The pick, the Colts minus three, because I think the Colts are good. Their defense is good. Their offense is getting better. And the Texans simply are not very good outside of Deshaun Watson. They'll also be without Will Fuller. They'll also be without Bradley Roby, as we talked about prior. So the Texans miss a couple of key players. They're hurting. Easy pick for me, the Colts minus three. Pick number four, the Raiders at the Jets. Raiders, seven and a half point favorites. That's going to be the pick. The Jets are that bad. They're tanking. They want Trevor Lawrence. They're going to lose. I like the Raiders big on the road. Raiders minus seven and a half. Pick number five, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Bengals at the Dolphins. This one was a little bit harder of a pick for me because it's a big, a big line. The Dolphins minus 11. Now, when you first look at that, you're like, the Dolphins minus 11. It's the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins are pretty decent this year. They've got a good defense. Their offense is functional. They're better than a lot of teams, and they're better than a lot of people think they are. And it's the Bengals. They're dysfunctional. They've got a lot of injuries. They're without Joe Burrow, who keeps them in every single game. They're without Joe Mixon, among many others. So I don't think the Bengals have any chance this week against the Dolphins. My pick, despite it being a massive spread, is the Dolphins minus 11. It's a scary bet, but I like it. Now on to Sunday Night Football, pick number six this week, the Broncos at the Chiefs. There's no spread yet for this game right now, obviously because of the Broncos quarterback situation. The spread will likely be posted later this week, but I'm telling you right now, no matter what the spread is, I'm going to take the Chiefs, no matter what. You could say eight points, 14 points, 16 and a half points. I like the Chiefs, and I like the Chiefs big. They're starting to turn it on. Obviously, a huge victory over the Buccaneers this past week. Tyreek Hill was incredible. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. They've got a lot of weapons. They're a tough team to beat in the National Football League. I think everybody is just looking forward to an AFC title game, the Chiefs and the Steelers. I know I am. I need to see these two teams face off, but... The Broncos are not the Steelers. I like the Chiefs no matter what the spread is on Sunday Night Football. So that's the picks. The Chiefs no matter what. Now pick number seven. Monday, but not Monday Night Football because games had to be moved around for the Steelers due to the Ravens' COVID-19 situation. 
the Steelers-Ravens game being pushed back to tonight. So the Steelers get pushed back with Washington. It's Monday, but it's not Monday Night Football. Game around 4 o'clock Eastern time. Steelers 10-point favorites over Washington. I like the Steelers winning big in that game. Washington, they've been a feisty team this season, but the Steelers have been the elite team in the National Football League, so my pick is the Steelers minus 10. Now on to pick number eight, true Monday night football, the Bills at the 49ers. 49ers, two and a half point underdogs at home. They are going to be my only underdog this week. I like the 49ers plus two and a half just because they're a stingy team. They win games they're not supposed to. They hang around, and the Bills are still iffy for me. They've been great this season. They've been bad this season. They've been great again this season, and I don't think they're going to be great on Monday Night Football against the 49ers. So my pick, pick number eight, is the 49ers plus two and a half. Go over all eight of these picks for next week one more time. Pick number one, the Bears minus three and a half. Pick two, the Saints minus three. Pick three, the Colts minus three. Pick number four, the Raiders minus seven and a half. Pick number five, the Dolphins minus 11. Pick six, Sunday night football, no spread, but the Chiefs, no matter what. Pick number seven, the Steelers minus 10. And pick number eight, true Monday night football, the 49ers plus two and a half against the Buffalo Bills. So that does it for NFL Talk. That does it for our NFL picks. Right now, it's time to transition back to Ohio State and get ready for Michigan State. And we're going to start that off by talking to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. I'd just like to say, please excuse any audio issues. Jake had a little trouble with his microphone. We had some connection issues as well. So I tried to salvage the audio as much as I could, make it listenable. I think it is. Regardless, you got to know what Jake thinks about his score prediction for this week against Michigan State. Hint, hint, it's the Buckeyes big. So without further ado, here he is, Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. First and foremost, we got to get started on what happened last week. We had our score predictions in. We were expecting Ohio State to face off against Illinois noon on Saturday, FS1. But it comes out, what was it, early Friday that um, Ryan Day is tested positive for COVID-19. And then later on, it comes out that the game is going to be canceled, that there won't be a game between Ohio State and Illinois. Ohio State was juggling a whole lot when we heard that Ryan Day had COVID-19. At that point, they had changed some travel stuff. They were going to go and play, or they were going to travel and play the game the same day. They don't often do that. They don't really ever do that. So, I mean... What did you think when, when all this was going down? Were you nervous? Were you expecting Ohio State to play regardless of Ryan Day, or did you start to get a little bit worried? I didn't get worried about Ryan Day. Um, Gene Smith made a good, um, made a good show. It's, it's COVID. It's not getting any better. This was going on later in the week. I think this was a good decision by Gene Smith. Yeah, I think it was a smart decision by Gene Smith because, I mean, Ohio State wants to have chances to play these remaining two games against Michigan State and Michigan for a number of reasons. You want to get in as many games as possible, and you want to be eligible to play in the Big Ten Championship game, where if Ohio State has one more game canceled, they're unfortunately going to be ineligible to play in the Big Ten title game. And a lot of people think that if they're not going to play in the Big Ten title game, if they don't win a Big Ten title, that they're not going to be included in the college football playoff. I mean, th that stinks because this team definitely has the talent to be there, but 
what do you think about that? Do you think that Ohio State, say this game against Michigan State gets canceled or this the, uh, the next game against Michigan for whatever reason, one of these two games gets canceled, maybe both of them get canceled. What do you think about Ohio State getting into the college football playoff with the few games that they've played? Do you think that's fair? Or do you think do you think another team deserves a shot just because they played more? I think Ohio State, if you have uh, six games that you've won, you know that's not really fair to the other teams because Ohio State really hasn't had a strong schedule. And on my top ten, I think Cincinnati Bearcats deserve to be in right now. Luke Fickle, they've done a good job there. But Ohio State, if they cancel this game, I would agree. I would agree with the committee not to put them in. I just don't see Ohio State getting in this year. Really? So, so you're at the point that you you don't think your gut's telling you that Ohio State's not going to get in. You just don't see it happening. I mean, what do you what do you think about this game against Michigan State? Do you see it happening, or do you think that this game against Michigan State's not going to happen? Because reports are out there that it might not happen. Um, the latest that we know right now. Ohio State, the guys that can practice, we're back in small groups at practice, meetings still going on virtually. I mean, that doesn't necessarily sound great. We have no idea how many guys on the team have COVID, um, how many might still um, get it. Uh, so, so, I mean, what do you think about all this? Uh, do you think this game against Michigan State's happening? You know, I don't. I wouldn't doubt that they would not play in this game. I think they will play Michigan State. I think it just depends on how the committee – Selects Ohio State. If, if they cancel this game, they're not getting in. Yeah, I mean that that's tough. Uh, I think you're right that if this game doesn't get played against Michigan State, things start to get really murky for Ohio State when it comes to whether or not they're going to make the college football playoff. And like you, my gut tells me that if Ohio State can't get seven games in, or or they're unable to play in a Big Ten title game and win a Big Ten championship, that my gut just tells me they're not going to be in. I think the committee's going to say, you know, everybody dealt with the same situations this year. Everybody dealt with the same circumstances. Maybe the Big Ten made a mistake in in starting a little bit later than these other conferences, not allowing themselves time to kind of adjust to these things. And I think that's going to hurt these teams in the end, unfortunately. Whether it's right or, or wrong what the Big Ten did to delay this season, the teams are unfortunately getting hurt by it with Ohio State now having to – to. I mean, it's a safety matter kind of at the same time because you want to get this game in. They're really motivated to get this game in because they know if they don't have enough games, the committee's not going to let them in. But is that safe? I'm not quite sure. But like you, my gut tells me that if Ohio State can't finish the season, you know, and play Michigan State, play Michigan, and play in a Big Ten championship game, I don't think they're going to get into the college football playoff either. I just hope, I hope, like you said, that if Ohio State's not the team in at number three or number four, I want it to be Cincinnati because I think they deserve to be there. They're an undefeated team. They've played very good this season. And that the biggest thing, is they're undefeated and they've played well. You know, they're not really playing close games. Whereas, you know, Texas A&M has a loss. Florida has lost. These teams that are there ahead of them, they have losses on their schedule already. They have losses uh, in that column. But uh, it's just the, the strength of the conferences that's the most difficult thing. But I hope that if Ohio State can't get in, that, you know, they look at a team like Cincinnati. They say this team has been right there the past couple of years. They've been improving, and uh, it's finally time to let them in. You know, I 
I'd like it to be BYU too. I would be fine if BYU got in, but they ranked them so low in the initial college football playoff. I think it might be impossible for BYU to get in. Well, BYU, um, they haven't really impressed me. Um, they could have had a, hard, a tougher schedule. So it just depends on how the committee either puts in BYU or Ohio State. It's a tough decision. But if, if I'm the committee, I either put Clemson like, against the Bearcats and then Alabama against, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame deserves it. If I had a game against North Carolina, I definitely think Notre Dame also deserves it too. Yeah, I think so too. I think Notre Dame has proven that they deserve to be there this season. Um, I don't know what would happen when Notre Dame would play a team like Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson again, a full-strength Clemson. I think that would be a different story, Clemson playing Notre Dame again with Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, who's to say? The Irish have proven a lot of people wrong this season. But let's go back to this game against Michigan State. Kind of 50-50 when you and I are talking right now whether or not this game's going to happen. We really, really don't know. But let's say it is going to happen. This should be a blowout in favor of Ohio State, but that's assuming Justin Fields is healthy. That's assuming all the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen. It's assuming all these big-time players for Ohio State are healthy. And let's just, for the sake of it, say Justin Fields is one of the guys that's not going to be able to play this week against Michigan State. That's a very different situation where you're going to have probably a true freshman quarterback that has a couple of snaps under his belt. I mean, Jack Miller has a couple of snaps. If it's C.J. Stroud, he has no snaps at all this season. Um, it's a tough situation, but let's let's say it that Justin Fields isn't able to play on Saturday. Do you still feel confident in Ohio State against a relatively healthy Michigan State team? I think Ohio State definitely has a chance. Um, what I saw in an Northwestern game with Michigan State, they don't have a good running game, so I would focus on the receivers. Uh, a guy named Ricky White, he's a good receiver. But also, you know, Ricky Lombardi, he's not a runner. That's also a good comparison. Um, Ohio State has a better running game than Michigan State, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And if Justin Fields is healthy in this game against Michigan State, and if the game happens, I think Ohio State's going to win the game big. They're 28-point favorites going into this game against Michigan State on the road. Uh, you know, so everybody likes the Buckeyes. How could you not like the Buckeyes? They're, they're one of the best teams in the country. It's just a matter of, is this game going to happen? Because if this game doesn't happen, uh, that could signal kind of the end of Ohio State's season as it relates to the college football playoff and a potential national championship, which would hurt a lot. But we knew this was the risk going into the season, so uh, you just kind of have to deal with it at this point. It's just a shame that it happened at this point in the season to Ohio State, but like I said, you just have to deal with it. So if this game against Michigan State does happen, what are you thinking in terms of a score? What is your score prediction for Ohio State and Michigan? I'm going 49-21, Ohio State. 49-21, Ohio State. So that 28-point victory, you like it what Vegas thinks, that Ohio State's going to win this game by 28 points. So I'd say that's a, a pretty good choice by you there. I'm not sure... In my score prediction now, I'm not sure that Michigan State is capable of scoring 21 points. I know they just, uh, I know they just hammered Northwestern pretty good, but I've watched that offense, and that offense has not been good this season. They got shut out by Iowa. They've had, Michigan State's had a weird season. They've had an up and down season, some big wins, some ugly, ugly losses. So I am going to go 45 to 13, Ohio State, because. 
the Buckeyes do tend to kind of struggle with Michigan State, um, especially with the weather, how it is right now, the cold. It might be hard to come by offense. I don't think Ohio State's going to going to blow them out by 50 or anything like that but I, I do think it'll be a big win but I think Michigan State will struggle to move the ball against Ohio State because that that offense has not been good this season so I've got 45-13 you've got 49-21 let's hope this game happens right yeah uh, I hope it does happen and there's also one key player we have to watch for um his name's Angela Gross he has six tackles against Northwestern um he's been good impact a good corner for Michigan State against with Washington. Uh, he was really good. Yeah, and especially given the the depth that wide receiver Ohio State has, he's going to have to step up and have a big day if Michigan State wants to have a chance against the Buckeyes. They're going to have to have some things go their way to have any chance against Ohio State. Maybe one of them is that Justin Fields has to miss this game. That would be a, a big blow for Ohio State, and uh, it would be a big help for Michigan State. But even if that were to happen. I think Ohio State would still be the favorite against Michigan State. That's that's how good the Buckeyes are. That's how good they have been. That's the talent and depth that they have. And it's also how bad Michigan State has been this season and, and how much they've struggled. But they are coming off a big win uh, against Northwestern, really hurting Northwestern's chances of uh, making the college football playoff, pretty much ending those chances. But uh, definitely an interesting opponent, an opponent that Ohio State has had its troubles with in the past, but we're not expecting any trouble for Ohio State if this game happens and if everything goes as planned. But as we know, you can't expect things to go as planned in 2020, right, Jake? Yeah, right. All right, Jake. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Uh, let's hope this game happens, and let's hope we have something fun to talk about next week rather than having to worry about what could have been with the Ohio State season. Yeah, I'll see you then. So again, a big thanks to Jake Jarvis for joining me this week to preview Ohio State against Michigan State. He likes the Buckeyes big. I like the Buckeyes big. And with that in mind, let's learn a little bit more about Michigan State. It's the number four Buckeyes, according to the college football playoff, against the Michigan State Spartans Saturday at noon on ABC. The Buckeyes are 24-point favorites. The over-under in this game set at 59-and-a-half. couple of notes for the 4-0 Buckeyes. Ohio State won 34-10 in Columbus against Michigan State last year. The last Michigan State victory against Ohio State came back in 2015. And the Spartans haven't beaten Ohio State in East Lansing since 1999. Pretty incredible right there. So obviously, Ohio State has Michigan State's number. And Michigan State has struggled this season. They've had a very strange, a very up-and-down season. They're 2-3 and three coming into this matchup against Ohio State. Remember, they've got a new coach this year in Mel Tucker, so he's trying to iron things out on the fly for the Spartans. And like I said, it's been a struggle, very up-and-down. They opened the season with a 38-27 loss at the hands of Rutgers, so a big shocker there. The Scarlet Knights stun them. Then they bounce back by beating Michigan. It was then a ranked Michigan team, 27-24 in Week 2. They followed that up by getting trampled 49-7 by Iowa. The following week, they were shut out 24-0 by Indiana. Their November 21st game against Maryland was canceled. That gave them extra time to prepare for last week against Northwestern, a ranked, undefeated Northwestern team, and they shocked Northwestern as well as the rest of the country and beat the Wildcats 29-20. 
So a very, very mixed bag this season. But something to note, Michigan State has won its two biggest games of the season. They beat Michigan, and they beat a ranked undefeated Northwestern team. So get ready this week, because if that tells me anything, it tells me the Spartans are going to be ready to play against Ohio State, a team that has struggled against Michigan State for the past couple of seasons. Not last year. They've played a lot of close games, though. That game in 2015, everybody remembers that one. It spoiled an Ohio State college football playoff berth. It spoiled the chance to play in the Big Ten title game. It spoiled everything for Ohio State, and it happened at home. Ohio State nearly lost at Michigan State a couple of seasons later. Something about the Spartans. They play the Buckeyes tight, so get ready for a game. Even though Jake thinks it's going to be a big victory, even though I think it's going to be a big victory for Ohio State, there's still the possibility out there. You need to be prepared for a game between Ohio State and Michigan State. And remember, the weather is going to be nasty in East Lansing as well. Winter is here in the Midwest. But uh, getting back to things, Michigan State, and this is why I think it's going to be a blowout in favor of Ohio State, Michigan State has struggled this season. They've struggled on offense, they've struggled on defense, and Ohio State can take advantage of where they struggle. Statistically, Michigan State, the worst scoring offense in the Big Ten all season long. They're averaging only 18 points per game. That's what seven combined points in back-to-back weeks in the middle of your season will do to you. Seven points against Iowa, zero points against Indiana, 18 points per game on the season. The Michigan State offense has had its woes. Defensively, the Spartans are right in the middle. They're allowing 31 points per game on the season. Not good, not bad, right in the middle of the Big Ten, seventh to be exact, so literally smack dab in the middle of the Big Ten conference. Their defense has been so-so, but better than its offense. Now back to the offense. They've struggled when it comes to running the football. They have the single worst rushing offense in the Big Ten Conference. They're averaging only 98 yards per game on the ground and 2.7 yards per carry. And maybe the single most shocking thing about Michigan State's struggles on the ground this season, they only have one rushing touchdown all season. And it came from a wide receiver. Rocky Lombardi, their quarterback, doesn't have a rushing touchdown. None of their running backs have a rushing touchdown. Their wide receiver, a wide receiver, not even one of their star wide receivers, a kind of depth wide receiver, has their rushing touchdown this season. So they have struggled mightily on the ground. And they've also struggled through the air. They're eighth in the Big Ten in passing, averaging 233 air yards per game, but they've thrown only eight touchdowns compared to nine interceptions. Nine nine interceptions worst in the Big Ten this season. Only eight passing touchdowns and a Big Ten worst nine interceptions. So they have struggled on offense. They can't run, and they really can't pass either. They've had a couple of big passing performances, but it's been very, very inconsistent. Now on defense... MSU ranks fifth in the Big Ten against the run. They're allowing only 3.4 yards per carry. That's very good, but they've allowed 14 touchdowns on the ground this season. That's tied for most in the Big Ten. So, I mean, how does that add up whatsoever? That tells me that teams against Michigan State are getting into the red zone, they're getting it down deep, and they're pounding it in. Because Michigan State, they're not allowing big chunk runs, they're making it difficult to run against them, but they've allowed 14 touchdowns on the ground this season, the most in the conference, which is really, really crazy to me. Now, while their run defense has been pretty good this season outside of the touchdowns, their pass defense has been better. 
They've only allowed four touchdowns through the air all season. That's second best in the Big Ten. And opponents are averaging only 6.2 yards per pass against Michigan State. That ranks third best in the Big Ten. So, I mean, their pass defense is for real, and that's because of cornerback Shakur Brown. And that's going to get us into our matchups to watch because this is a big, big matchup for me. Because, remember, we don't know if Justin Fields is playing this game for Ohio State. He could be one of the afflicted with COVID-19. We don't know if it's going to be Justin Fields. Even if it is, the last game that he played, he was not very good against Indiana. So my matchup to watch, my first matchup to watch, is the Ohio State quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Gunnar Hoke, whether it's Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud, no matter who it is, it's the OSU quarterback versus Michigan State cornerback Shakur Brown. And if it's one of those true freshman quarterbacks, Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud, who, remember, haven't really taken snaps. Jack Miller took snaps but didn't throw a pass in Ohio State's first game of the season. C.J. Stroud has yet to take a college football snap. If it's one of those guys, I am very worried about this game. I still think Ohio State can win, but uh, very, very nerve-wracking. But back to the matchup. The Ohio State quarterback, no matter who it is, against Michigan State cornerback Shakur Brown. Now, this is why I'm nervous about this, because Brown is bit, has been one of the best cornerbacks, best defensive backs in the Big Ten this season. He leads the Big Ten with five interceptions, and he's third in passes defended with nine. Now, he has two picks in back-to-back games, two interceptions and two interceptions. So he is doing this in bulk right now. And he's the only player on the Spartans who has an interception all year. So he has been a difference maker and a ball hawk on the back end for Michigan State. So watch out for Shakur Brown. The Ohio State quarterbacks have to be very, 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 very careful. Excuse me. So that's matchup number one. Now matchup number two. Michigan State quarterback Rocky Lombardi versus the Ohio State secondary, and this is for a different reason. This is because Lombardi has been so bad this season. The Michigan State quarterback has struggled throwing the ball mightily, especially in the Spartans' last three games. He's got six of his Big Ten leading eight interceptions over the course of those three games, compared to only two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns came last week in the Spartans' win over Northwestern. So before that, no touchdowns, five interceptions in two games. He was pulled because of those issues in the shutout loss against Indiana, but he obviously reclaimed that starting spot last week and was able to deliver beating Northwestern. But he wasn't necessarily great in that game. Two touchdowns and an interception. Didn't do a whole lot through the air, but I'll get to what he was able to do in just a moment. On the year, Rocky Lombardi, his completion percentage just over 50%. And he's only got eight touchdowns compared to his eight interceptions. So not a great completion percentage, obviously, when the touchdowns are even with the interceptions. That's not good either. Now, oddly enough, he hasn't run the ball much at all this season. Really, really hasn't done anything substantial on the ground. But just like I said, he wasn't great through the air against Northwestern. He was great on the ground. He tucked it 10 times and rushed for 65 yards, a season best last week. So maybe a wrinkle to watch out for this week for Ohio State. But I think this is a big opportunity for the Ohio State defensive backs because they can gain some confidence against a struggling quarterback. But uh, on the contrary, you could say, well, the Ohio State DBs have sucked this season. They've struggled. This is an opportunity for a struggling quarterback to take advantage of a struggling secondary. I think Ohio State is just too much for Michigan State. I don't think Rocky Lombardi is good. So I see the advantage playing into the hands of the Ohio State DBs. I think they're able to come up with a couple of interceptions, if not more, this week against Michigan State. 
and I think uh, they really, really get a foothold and gain some confidence starting this week against Rocky Lombardi and Michigan State. So make sure to watch out for those couple of things. A couple of other players to watch for Michigan State. First and foremost, they're running running back Connor Hayward, a big back, six foot, two hundred thirty pounds. He became the feature back last week, taking over for Jordan Simmons, who had really handled the bulk of the load for the full season. Um, Hayward ran twenty four times last week for ninety six yards. That was his biggest workload by far. His previous season high for carries was thirteen. That came against Michigan. So what does that tell me? If you want to win a game, start Connor Hayward because he's got double digit carries in both their victories. Now. He didn't do a lot against Michigan. I think he ran for something like 36 yards on 13 carries, which isn't great. Maybe it was even less than that. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, you get what I'm saying. But uh, outside of those two games, he doesn't have double-digit carries on the season. 13 against Michigan, 24 against Northwestern, a big day against Northwestern. But outside of that, he hadn't carried over 10 times all year long. But given his 96-yard performance, and this is how much Michigan has struggled on the ground this season— He ran for 96 yards this past week. He now leads the team with 179 rushing yards. So he hasn't run the ball a lot this season, but he leads their team in rushing with only 179 yards through five games. Now, through the year, they've got three pretty good targets at wide receiver. They've got Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed, and Ricky White. Now, Naylor leads the team with 379 yards on 16 catches this season. 16 catches good for second on the team. He's averaging a team-best 75 yards per game, over 23 yards per catch this season. That's fabulous, and he has two touchdowns. That's second-best on the team. He had one last week. It was a three-catch, 99-yard performance against Northwestern, so obviously a big, big day there for Jalen Naylor. Three-catch, 99-yard, one-touchdown performance against Northwestern. And the way it's kind of worked with these wide receivers for Michigan State this season is one guy has exploded per game. It's kind of been by committee. Nobody has necessarily been very, very consistent. But the most consistent guy has definitely been Jalen Naylor. Now, Jaden Reed, he had a massive game in Michigan State's Week 1 victory over Rutgers, but he's been pretty quiet since then. In that Week 1 game against Rutgers, he had 11 catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns. He hadn't scored since until he did last week. Two catches, 36 yards, and a TD against Northwestern, so watch out for Jaden Reed. Now, Ricky White, he is very interesting. Jake talked about Ricky White a little bit earlier, a weapon outside for Michigan State. He was hurt late in their shutout loss against Indiana. He didn't play against Northwestern, but uh, he could be in against Ohio State. He's a serious, serious weapon, a big speed threat for Michigan State. He had eight catches for 196 yards with a touchdown and was named the Big Ten Conference Freshman of the Week against Michigan, that big victory against Michigan in Week 2. Since then, really nothing. Outside of that eight-catch, 196-yard day, he only has two catches all season. So not a whole lot of volume there for Ricky White, but when he was targeted, he was great. Eight catches, 196 yards, and a touchdown. Big Ten Freshman of the Week against Michigan. So another name to look out for, Ricky White. Any three of these wide receivers could pop for Michigan State, so Ohio State will have their hands full with those three weapons. Now on defense, I'm only going to bring up one guy because I did already bring up Shakur Brown, the excellent cornerback for the Spartans going to talk now about linebacker Antoine Simmons. He's second in the Big Ten with 53 tackles. He's seventh 
in tackles for loss with six and a half. So that's the guy that makes it happen in the middle for Michigan State. He's going to have to have a big day if uh, Ohio State is going to be slowed down whatsoever. And speaking of, now it's time for my picks. Ohio State against Michigan State. The spread is 24. That's going to be my pick. I like OSU minus 24 in this game. Um, that's with Justin Fields at quarterback. If Justin Fields does not start this game at quarterback for Ohio State, I think Michigan State is going to cover. I think Ohio State will have its struggles with a young quarterback if Justin Fields cannot play. But right now, I'm assuming Justin Fields plays this game. I love Ohio State minus 24. They're 10-5 and against the spread in their last 15 games against Michigan State. The Spartans are 4-10 and against the spread in their last 14 games overall, and they're only 1-6 and against the spread in their last seven home games. So all signs pointing to Ohio State covering. That's going to be my bet, Ohio State minus 24. Now for the total. The over-under is set at 59.5. The total has gone under in five of the last six Ohio State games played in the month of December, and the total has gone under between Ohio State and Michigan State for five consecutive seasons. So I'm going under 59.5 this week between the Buckeyes and the Spartans. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring on the Michigan State side. As I mentioned when I talked to Jake, I don't think the Buckeyes are going to make it over 50 points in this game, so I'm not really worried about a 60-point um, total hitting. I like the under of 59.5. So those are my picks for Ohio State-Michigan State, the Buckeyes minus 24, and the under of 59.5. So with that, we are finished with this week's edition of Believe in Ohio State. Here's to hoping this week's game happens between Ohio State and Michigan State because the Buckeyes season, frankly, might depend on it. So again, I'd like to thank Jake Jarvis very much for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. Big thanks to Bet Online. Make sure to get your picks in there. And as always, a big thank you for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.